Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us once again. Claudia Clark is the author of the upcoming book just released yesterday, Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. Disruption Books, October 19, 2021, is the one publishing it. She received her Bachelor's of Arts degree in History and Public Policy from Michigan State University. She was the president of the College Democrats at Michigan State and was active in Amnesty International Now and pro-choice groups. Clark holds a Master's of Arts in Labor and in Industrial Relations from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, a Master's in U.S. History with an emphasis on women's history from San Jose State University and a Master's of Social Work MSW from the University of Michigan with an emphasis in community organizing. She and her husband resides in Berlin, Germany, where all where she previously served as National Get Out the Vote, GoTV coordinator for the Democrats Abroad, the Germany chapter. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Claudia. How are you doing? Good, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely so. I mean, actually, um, uh, when all this was happening in Germany, the new, the new elections, etc., I kind of followed it with, uh, with the expectation that we would start to see a curve away from what we have been seeing, not only here in the United States, but throughout the world on sort of a rightward move. What can you first tell me about the administration of Angela Merkel? Uh, Angela Merkel for the last, <clears throat> excuse me, 16 years has been the head of Germany's Christian Democratic Union or center-right party. And Initially, when she started, she was very, very, you know, she was on the, she was conservative, um, but as, as the years progressed, the longer she be, she was in office as chancellor, the more she moved her center right party to the, to the center. And so she did, she made a lot of policy decisions in the later years of her, her chancellorship, for example, opening the Syrian, uh, the German borders to Syrian refugees, to making, attempting to, Face Germany away from using coal, that kind of thing. And that started, you know, in the late 2015 kind of time period. So, mm -hmm. and as she has done that, it has created a dichotomy in Germany because, on the one hand, her party members were upset with her for moving the party too far to the right. And then, and I'm sorry, too far, her party members yeah. were concerned because. Too far to the left or center, and on the other hand, that the people from the liberal side still thought she was too conservative. So she was kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it was interesting because she saw the writing on the wall in 2017 when she was elected for the fourth for her fourth term. While it is true she was she won re-election, it was her party did the worst that it had done since. Um, I think it was World War II. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were concerned because it was some of her policies. And then the following year in 2018, uh, you know, the other various German states, you know, Germany is made up of 16 Bundestags. Right. And, and they had state elections. And her party was taking a beating in that regard as well. Meanwhile, the, the, uh, the, far right party, the AFD and the Greens were, were building momentum. And so she just, she made the decision to step down after her term ended this, this past September. 
And what's interesting is that, um, you know, we still don't know who's going to, who's going to be chancellor. We're, they're still kind of working out the details. But the, the candidate that was um, replaced her in the Christian Democratic Union, he took a, a, a really bad beating. He had done worse. Um, the Christian Democratic Union had done worse than, than they, they'd ever done. And um, some people... Some people think it was because of the quality of the candidate. I, I try to stay kind of neutral on, on what happened and having an opinion. Um, but I really think it's more than that. I think this is very typical. We see this in the United States too. 16 years of having one party control a government, it's a long time. And, and people want to change. And that was very evident um, as early as 2017 that people want to change. And so I'm not surprised that the, her party didn't do as well as expected. What I am surprised is, is how, how incredibly close it was because I, I kind of expected it to be a landslide because things were showing, indicating that you know, people want to change, they wanted and they wanted it in a drastic way. But would you have expected a landslide on the left side or the right side? I was expecting, um, I, I was expecting it, we were hearing it pretty much, on the left, on the left okay. side. And it looks like we are, it looks like the new chancellor will be uh, from this, uh, the center left party, the-, the um, Right, the social, social democrat, democrat. yeah. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, but we don't know for sure. But, but not only that, but the way, you know, the German government works is that they, they form a coalition, you know, the top, the parties that I think the most I votes. think they have enough votes if the Social Democrats and the Green Party unite, right? Right. Yes. And and the and the holdout right now is is the the Free Democratic Party, and that's kind of the they're the free market right. market party. They you know they don't believe in government regulation. It's kind of let the gov let the let the market. They're the neoliberals. Yeah, and and so it, it's looking like I'm I'm in the states now, but I'm you know I'm still trying to follow what's going on in Germany. But it looks like they're really close to forming a coalition between the, the three. And then when the way they form coalitions in in Germany is that they'll once they decide that they want to form a government together, then they choose uh, their chancellor. Then what they do is they'll pick that they put a, a platform together, and then they decide who is going to be. Um, cabinet positions from which party? From which party? So right. that all kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. I, I think that is a healthier uh, system anyway because it gives a lot of opinions. It, it, it doesn't, you, you don't have to be one or the other because, you know, at the end, you can actually get a coalition put together that represents more than one brand. Yeah, like, you know, I, it's interesting because in the United States, it's kind of a winner take all thing. Exactly. And, and that I don't think is particularly fair. But the one thing that I think is really interesting about this is right after the, you know, in the days right after the election, there was there were talks because the way the vote looked, the per, the central the the um, center left party, the C CPU, received the most votes, and then the then the CDU, and then the Green Party candidate, and then the FDP. So that was kind of the the right. ranking, and it looked like. The, the Green Party and the, 
the FDP, the Free Democratic Party, you know, so the people that came in third and fourth, they were going to decide with whom they wanted to form a coalition. Right. So were they going and they were going to decide, okay, is, who's going to be the new chancellor? Is it going to be Schultz from the from the left or is it going to be Lashin from the right? And that was a little interesting because because it, it seemed like it should be the other way around. It should be okay. It it seemed like it should have been one of Schultz or Latchin deciding who with whom they wanted to work, but it right. was the other. You know, it's opposite. And and I think it's really interesting. And um, it and in other words, the know, minor parties were the one picking who the winners are going to be, as opposed to these right, guys. Exactly. Saying, we are going to choose you and you to 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 come on the coalition. And, and you know, and it's it's kind of counterintuitive because the voters had spoken, and the, based upon the voting, the voters wanted um, Schultz to be the the, right. the the chancellor. But it but it looked like there was a possibility because Lashin initially, I still don't think he has officially resigned yet. Right. But but it looked like you know, despite what the voters wanted, these other people could still come in and decide that they wanted Lashett instead as chancellor. So it was kind of interesting and it's diff counterintuitive to, to what we have in the States, but I do think it is definitely a lot healthier because I, this whole winner, winner take all thing that the United States has, you know, you, you win all, you know, all you need is 260 electoral votes right. and, and. But it's actually worse yeah. in the United States in that we don't really have a democracy. Two senators per state, when a state have uh, yeah. half a million people and the other one has 50 mil, 40 something million, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about your book. What got you into writing that book, uh, uh, Barack, uh, the, 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 the love affair between Barack and uh, Angela Merkel? Um, that's a complicated question. Um, I happen to, uh, we're still living in the States of the time. Time. And I happened to turn on the final press conference between Obama and Merkel in 2016, post-election. It was Obama's final trip to, to Berlin as a uh, as president. And I, re I had been following Merkel's career because we knew my husband and I knew at some point we were going to move to Germany. And I just remember Merkel being so visibly upset when a reporter asked her, what are you going to do? You know, this is your last working relationship with one another in a formal capacity, what are you going to do? And Merkel just looks like she was about to cry, which is so atypical of her. Right. And so I started thinking, okay, this is interesting. I want, you know, we'll see what happens. And then I happened to watch the first encounter between uh, Merkel and Trump in um, March of 2017. And when Merkel visited Washington and Trump would not even shake Merkel's hand. And right. it was, you know, total 180 and I then I learned that Obama was visiting Germany later that year in, in May for the it was the fifth 500th anniversary of reformation mm -hmm. and I learned that uh Obama's very very first trip overseas post-presidency was to Berlin to visit Merkel mm -hmm. and I thought okay there's something here you know there's something really interesting about their friendship and at this point, we knew, my husband and I knew we were moving to Germany. I don't speak German, despite my best efforts. I, I, <laughs> I have trouble with the language. Uh, so I knew I needed to do something that I constructive with my time. And I figured, I, you know, I, I'm concerned with what's going on in the world with Brexit and with the, the alt-right taking control in right. you know, Poland. And, and 
the the telling thing about Obama and America's relationship is they're from for all intents and purposes they're from different political parties. Right. But they put their side and work together because they knew it was in the be the best interest. And so I thought this is a policy lesson. Other world leaders can learn from this that in today's globalized world it's more it's more imperative now than it was since World War II, since the Cold War, that allied world leaders learn to work together. Mm -hmm. And while that's the case, you see on the other extreme, you've got more, you know, Trump and Brexit, you've got countries trying so hard to separate themselves to, because they think they're trying to keep their borders safe. And I actually think that's the worst approach because, you know, with wars no longer um, entail just invading another country militarily, but somebody can do a plot a terrorist attack from their apartment in Belgium for for a uh, bombing in in Paris, and it's imperative that world leaders be able to share intelligence and talk and communicate with one another. And I'm just concerned with what the toll and that things are are taking the other direction. Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, when you saw the relationship between Barack and uh, you said that he flew the first flight was to Germany. How was his reception? And uh, did they really play that up pretty big out there? Or they made a big, big deal about it. Uh, they had they. I think there were approximately seven thousand participants that that visited. Because what it was was it was an open forum where Obama and Merkel spoke with a couple of. Um, um, clergy members mm -hmm. and some some other um, um, activists. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they had the forum and then you you looked at the, you looked around the crowd and there were people who had signs saying, welcome back, Mr. President. And can we keep you, Mr. President? And do Bistein Berliner. So it was, you could feel the, the momentum. And I moved to Germany in September of 2017 and the Germans, it really, I saw a lot of how the Germans liked Obama when I was doing my research, but since I've been here, it is it is legitimate. They, people would, when they found found out I was an American, they were, they would just ask me, why couldn't, no, could, why isn't Obama president anymore? Can he become pre president again? And then, you know, my broken German, I'm like, nine, you know, no. And then it's, well, why not? And so, you know, in my broken German, I have to try and tell them because our constitution won't allow it. Well, why is that? That's dumb. You know, so it really, it was the, the Germans absolutely loved him. And even now, uh, and so I, you know, and I think that played a large part in the relationship between Merkel and Obama is because she knew how popular he was. I still remember that, uh, that huge thing that he had in, Berlin, I think it was Berlin when he, uh, when, when he had that big thing in the park and thousands and thousands and thousands of people showed up to that it was amazing yeah two yeah two hundred thousand two hundred thousand people imagine that and that and he wasn't even running for a place in germany but you know it's it's interesting that you said uh merkel and obama was they were from two different parties which is true based on the the names of the parties but ironically right. places like england uh, places like uh canada germany they they their their center right look nothing like what we like to call center right they believe in all these social programs that we yeah. need here in the united states but we are called socialists for wanting them your thoughts on that right well yeah and, and i and when i talk to people i'm very careful to say technically speaking they are from from different political parties but you're not comparing apples to apples because right. the 
the, the Republican Party now in the United States, it's not the it's not the conser fiscal conservative party of say Reagan. It is it has been taken over by 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 extremists and religious right wing, and it is just it is definitely not you know the the fiscal conservative and and the free market. That is definitely not the case. So it, I think that the Republican Party of today in the United States is almost equivalent to what is taking form in the rest of Europe right now. In Germany, you know, the, the AFD, which is stands for Alternative for Deutschland, and that's the anti-immigrant, that's the anti, you know, the the anti-Semitism. That's it's it's building momentum in, in um, Germany, but it's but it's still a minority. And the 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 center right is a lot more the center right in, in Europe, not just Germany, but in Europe, it's a lot more, it really truly is center. And it it, it is really difficult to try and compare Apple compare political parties. Um, yeah, it, it because, is amazing. That is that is what I've noticed in in uh, in you know because you go to you know you 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 ask a conservative government in 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 England or or uh, or Merkel, uh, would you like to go ahead and change your healthcare system to a more free market based healthcare system? They'll say, are you crazy? The people won't allow yeah. that, you know, which is which yeah. is an interesting thing. Now, uh, as far as your, your book is concerned, I know it was released yesterday. Um, how, um, how, what's the reception? Are you really getting it, getting it out there or? Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at the reviews that that I'm getting. Getting, I shouldn't say surprised. I'm I'm excited about it because excited. That's the right one word. of the yeah. <laughs> one of the things I what I really wanted to focus on was the positive side. You know, I'm not an, I'm disturbed at what's happening in terms of, of how negative and nasty things have gotten. Um, and in one, you know, one of the reviews I've gotten, you know, it was called a delightful because it was, you know, in a world where politics is often so scathing and so, mm -hmm. so nasty. I, I talk about how well they got along and, the, and yes, they had their differences, but despite their differences, they, they worked together and, and they, they learned from each other and they, they helped one another and how, it's a nice change of pace, and and I think the, you know, that's what we'll that's what people will need to see. Now, if you want, I, I make no bones about my disdain for Trump, but right. but Trump isn't my Trump wasn't the focus of the book. You know, I, I talk about Trump at the very very end when I talk about how he managed to undermine everything Merkel and Obama had done together. Right. But I, but my, the purpose of the book was not to bash Trump. It wasn't to bash Brexit. It was more of a, this is how world leaders can can what can what they can accomplish when they there. put their mind when they put democracy and the well-being of of society above their own personal beliefs or tastes. Now, uh, living in Germany and coming for some time now, I guess you lived in Germany for about three years or so, uh, from 17 to now, right? Uh, coming yeah, back to the United States. Uh, how do you, uh, by the way, are, are you, is your husband German or uh, you just no, want we're to work both for Ameri we're, we're both Americans. And there are a lot of reasons why we decided to move to Germany. I've got family there, but. Uh -huh. A lot of it was my husband was, you know, he's an engineer and he worked in Silicon Valley right. and, and he was tired of the eight hour work weeks. I, um, I 
got death threats from people because I supported the Affordable Care Act. Gotcha. Uh, and I just felt like I was a stranger in my own country. I, I felt my beliefs better aligned with what those of the European Union. So let me ask you this. That is, that is amazing that you're saying that. And I, I'm interested because I, I, I've interviewed people that have uh, permanently relocated to Canada, permanently relocated to England, uh, UK. And now you to uh, your relocation to Germany, are you becoming a German citizen as well or a German resident? How does that work? My husband has permanent residence. I, because I came with him, he had, because he he's had the work permit, I was able to come in with him, but he could get residency sooner than I could. And the minute he could actually qualify, we'd been here long enough and he had made enough money he applied for residency and we're we're talking about we have a couple more years before we can actually qualify for german citizenship right and we would have to germany doesn't allow dual citizenship so we oh, would have to give up oh i didn't citizens. know that okay so panama where i'm from we can be dual citizens i didn't know that would then occur in germany now the interesting thing is with this recent election, one of the things the SPD does want to do, want to look at is granting dual citizenship. Right. So by the time we're eligible, and I think it's two or three more years, it might be a moot point, and we might be able to do both. I'm I'm on the fence on whether I want to give up my U.S. citizenship. We have to. We don't have. We have to file U.S. taxes, so right. we have to file U.S. taxes and German taxes. You know, so it's a pain. Right. We don't. We don't really uh, one don't foresee going back to the United States. So right. my I mean, position is I don't really care. Right. I just want to be able to vote, mm -hmm. and I can still you know I can't vote in Germany, but I still can vote in the United States. So. Right. Well, I mean, I mean I, the thing about it is you have time to think about it, and and if if right. one doesn't have to give up a U.S. citizenship, you know you, you really don't. So if they change it, that's great. I I intend to keep both of my citizenships. I think there's value yeah. in, in that. Um, but that is great. Now, uh, we're coming close to the end. Uh, is there anything that you want to tell me uh, that I that I should have asked you that I didn't? Um, I think the the one thing that I that I would like to emphasize about that that about the book is that it is something that it provided an opportunity for two people who, who you know, skeptical um, of one another and how they went from being skeptical of one another to, you know, Miracle cried when she said goodbye to Obama for the final time. And you tell that to Germans and they're like, she did what? Because it is so- um, Uncultural it is so unfair. Yeah, out of character. Right. And so I, you know, I think it's important for people in today's globalized world, as polarized as we are, you know, I'm a political activist myself. I spent my entire life being a political activist. And I understand more than anything, more than anyone, the fine line between selling out and compromise. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's very gray. And I think we've gotten to the point where nobody wants to work with someone from the other side right. because they don't want to be seen. And look at what it has gotten us. And we're having culture wars on a, a public health issue that should be resolved, but people have turned it into culture wars and political. And that is just silly and it's dangerous. And I think, you know, the lesson you can learn from, from Obama and Miracle is they didn't agree on a lot of things. They compromised. And 
and as a result, the Paris Climate Agreement was was signed. You know, mm -hmm. the Iran nuclear, and we we need to get away from this. I'm not gonna. You know, this person voted for a Republican. You know, this person went to an anti-gay church 20 years ago, so I'm not gonna vote for them. Or I'm not gonna work with. That's dangerous, and that's getting us nowhere. And and so I think we need to shift the conversation back to saying it's okay to work with somebody from a different. It's okay to have differences of opinion you work together and you compromise. And that just isn't happening anymore. You know what, uh, Claudia, I think that is a great place to end. And I think that that sentiment is very important for all of us who are activists, activists, journalists, activists, writers, activists on the floor to actually take that into account. It's not a sellout to want to work with somebody that may be diametrically opposed to your beliefs. Thank you so kindly, Claudia Clark author of the upcoming book, Dear Barack, The Extraordinary Partnership of Barack Obama and Angela Merkel. Go read the book. It has great prescient information for you. Thank you so kindly, Claudia, for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much for having me. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.